Did you know G&G is a family-owned and operated business? Dean and Gay are very excited to say that all of their children and their spouses play a role in the day-to-day work at G&G Operators. Their son, Chase Graham, is a current operations manager in Dalhart. Along with his wife, Rebecca Graham, she does any of the daily tasks that may arise. Chase Graham is also beginning to take over many of the daily responsibilities of the business. The oldest daughter, Chansey Graham Carrot, and her husband, Josh Carrot, own a trucking company that helps with the daily deliveries of a variety of products, along with assisting with the shop. The youngest daughter, Chanessa Graham Slamma, along with her husband, Judd Slamma, handle the day-to-day activities of handling feed for a large supplier here in Dalhart. G&G prides itself on being family-oriented and family-run with all of the siblings along with close family friend Curtis Thomas holding a partnership in the business. In the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know. Brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information. With your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Dyke Rogers, and our guest today is Jeff Bird, Superintendent of the Dalhart Independent School District. This program today is brought to you by G&G Enterprises, a local company that does a lot for the community and is very supportive of the schools. Welcome, Jeff. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. You know, Jeff, every time we get together, we talk about this bond issue that's coming up, and it's not going to be too long until it's over, and we'll know whether it passes or it fails, but uh, it's important to this community, it's important to this school district. Why are we doing a bond right now? We feel like, based on the research that we've done and with the information that's been provided to us from the Facility Improvement Committee that did over 18 months' worth of research, the biggest need in our district right now, hands down, is a three through five campus. We feel like that in the history of Dallam and Hartley County, our property values have never been as high as they currently are as far as taxable property values, and we've never had an M&O tax rate compressed as low as we have. Well, those two things together assist us in paying as, as a small amount as we possibly can for this current bond as you know and and i'd like to give an example of that as you know the bond is for 50 million dollars previously when i worked in vernon we called for a 40 million dollar bond well that 40 million dollar bond in vernon was for over 22 cents per hundred dollars in value for 40 million but because of our property values and the tax value of those properties there compared to here we're calling for a $50 million bond for less than $0.21 cents per $100 in value. It's a good time. Yes, uh, sir. Interest rates are high, but uh, but construction costs are beginning to fall, and that's a good thing. Yeah, well, construction costs are beginning to fall, and, and we certainly hope that at some point the interest rates will be in our advantage as well. And, and as politely as I can say this, and you know that I can't campaign for or against the bond, but with inflation in the history of construction, in five years, we're still going to need an intermediate school, and it's going to cost us more in five years than it would cost us today. So 
it's not my decision to make. It's not the board's decision to make. It's the community's decision. What my intent is, is to provide as much information as I can for the community to be as transparent as we possibly can and let the voters make the decision for the future of our students here. Well, most of us in this community are, are pro-community, and we want to see our kids do well, and we want to see our community do well. But we, we always kind of compare how we're doing compared to other school districts. Yes, sir. And I know that we're doing pretty well educationally, but as far as our taxes, are we paying more than the other people around us? And will we be paying a lot more when this bond passes, if it does? Sure. Well, right now, our M&O tax rate is at 87.57 cents. That's compressed by the state. We currently only have $0.7.15 cent per $100 value INS debt. So together, we're paying about 90 combined, we're paying a little over $0.94 cents per $100 in value. Um, we did a study recently of the communities that we compete against, the, the, the communities that we play football and basketball against and go to those communities. And then we wanted all of the smaller communities from Amarillo to Dumas and the surrounding area in the state of Texas, and we wanted to compare ourselves with our tax rates to theirs. Uh, Shallow Water leads the area, and they're over a dollar $1.43 per $100 in value. Uh, Sunray, which is having some financial issues, is at about $1.35, $1.36. Bushland is right there with Sunray. But if you look and you compare the, the areas locally closest to us and the team uh, school districts that are our size that we compete against, you've got Shallow Water, Sunray, Bushland, Borger, Dumas, Muleshoe, Pampa, Canadian, Spearman, River Road, Canyon, Stratford, Hartley, Wheeler, and Booker that all pay a higher tax rate currently than Dalhart does. So, so when assume for a minute the bond issue passes, where will that put us then? Fifty million dollars seems like a big ad. So, yes, sir. So, where does that put us then compared to these other districts? How many? Well, how it, far up the chain do we move with that? Well, if the bond were to pass, we would still pay less in taxes than Shallow Water, Sunray, Bushland, Borger, Dumas, Muleshoe, Pampa, Canadian, River Road, and Dow, and then it would be us. So we would move from about 12th or 13th on the list to about 8th or 9th on the list. Wow. Well, uh, I, we met the other day uh, when you had your uh, town hall meeting in the old school that will be torn down yes, sir. if this passes. And it wasn't too hard for anybody who was there to see why something needed to be done. What's the plan for the old building if you get the new school? Well, the Facility Improvement Committee was very adamant when they made their recommendation to the board that if we go out for a bond and a new intermediate campus is built, they were adamant that they feel like there's too many vacant buildings that are just left to, to fall apart. So in the bond, it will be included that we, we would demolish the intermediate school where it sits on Oak Street and it would be built out on Spirit Trail on the south side of the high school. Okay, so for the people who have been here as long as I have, that was the old high school. That is correct. I believe. Then it was the old junior high. Yes, sir. And now it's the old intermediate school. Yes, sir. And I think one of the important questions that we get asked a lot is, why don't we just renovate that building? Well, when you start looking at replacement cost of, of a new building, if renovating cost 50% the cost of the total replacement, 
you go ahead and replacement in a general rule. For us to remodel the intermediate school, it would cost us 82% of the total cost of rebuilding a new campus. And it wouldn't give us any more space, would still be crammed in there, and we couldn't secure and keep the building any safer than we currently do. We still would have the traffic issues that I don't know when the last time you dropped a student off or watched kids be dropped off and picked up there but well i I don't go by there because it's too crowded in in 1951 i bet the architects weren't concerned about dropping intermediate age students off in that building when it was designed for a high school well so i've heard you say before with the design of this building it prepares it so that years down the line if we wind up needing an elementary school which will come sometime yes sir uh how is this uh, plan where it will work better later down the line? How do you save a little money later? Well, I think that one of my responsibilities as a superintendent in one of the roles of the seven board members are the decisions that we make today. We've got to be cognizant that those are going to affect our school district and our community for many years well after I've retired and we've got seven new board members. And one of the things that we addressed with the architect was if the bond were to pass and we built a new intermediate school, we're going to have larger common areas, your PE gym, your cafeteria, your music room, hallways, additional restrooms, et cetera. And and what we mean by that, at some point in the next 15 years, 10 to 15 years, the bond at the high school will be paid off. 10, 15, 20 years from now, when the community decides that the elementary school is in the same shape then, that the intermediate school is now, we're going to have to replace the elementary school. Well, instead of constructing a great big elementary school for pre-K through 2, we've asked for the design of the building to have larger common areas like the lunchroom, the cafeteria, the band hall, or music room, and PE gym to be large enough where we could add on to the new intermediate school and build wings for the elementary grade levels and not have to have those those cost of common areas, restrooms, gyms, cafeterias, lunchrooms, common type areas. They're already there. So now what we've got to do is build wings and hallways, and it'll be more cost efficient 15 to 20 years from now. That sounds like a good plan. It's getting warmer. The sun is staying out later. Flowers are blooming, and that can only mean one thing. It's springtime. G&G Operators is here for all your springtime needs. If you're getting your garden ready, G&G can bring you top-quality soil to nourish your veggies. If you want an in-ground pool for summer fun, G&G can get you started as your local dirt work pros. Is the wind blowing away your mulch? G&G carries a variety of landscape rocks. Whatever you're wanting to do, give G&G a call, 244-4297 today for a quote on all your dream landscaping projects. That's G&G Operators. Operators, 244-4297. I want to go back to the taxes for just a second because that's, uh, you know, taxes always seem to go up. Yes, sir. Uh, I remember a few years ago when the total tax rate for the school district was approaching $1.50 if it wasn't at $1.50. Yes, sir. If this bond issue passes, it'll be at $1.15 roughly in that neighborhood. It'll be between $1.15 and $1.16 for sure. And we're already at 7.5 cents one five cents on the INS and in the in 2018 or 19 the state of Texas compressed the school districts from a dollar four to about 97 98 cents and since then we've continually compressed our MO 
the state has forced that upon us, and we're currently paying 87.57 cents per $100 value. My understanding from being in Austin in the last couple of months several times is legislation's going to continue to compress our M&O. Well, and in a way, it kind of needs to do that because our valuations keep going up. That's exactly so right. So as they go up, if we don't want our total taxes to go up, we yes. kind of have to keep compressing. But, Absolutely. But which brings me to the only people this doesn't affect are people who are 65 or older that have a homestead exemption. That's correct. And on their property, regardless whether this passes or doesn't pass, whether valuations go up for everybody else or they don't, their taxes will not be affected by that bond. Is this correct? If you are 65 or older and you've applied for a homestead exemption exemption at your county CAD, then your taxes will be frozen and will not increase or be affected good, bad, or indifferent, bond passes, bond fails. That is only on your homestead exemption. That's not on agricultural property or commercial property. And in the event, and I've had this question asked many times, if if you own your home and you're 65 or older and you come in and you do a $100,000 remodel job on your house, that will affect your taxes. Does it? It does. Okay. So if you improve your property, your rate could go up. But that, if you don't improve your property, you just live there, your rates are not affected. That's correct. Okay. So you're also in this, you're going to improve improve some of our sports facilities and that's always a bit of a hot button somebody says well gee why are we spending all this money for athletics on the other hand uh kind of how do our facilities for softball and baseball compare to the other schools that we play well i i was a baseball coach in my previous life i've been a baseball coach at a class a school to a 5a school and as politely as I can say this, Dalhart ISD's baseball and softball complex are as poor as any complex I've ever been associated with as an opponent or a home team. That's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Um, the chain link probably hasn't been replaced at the baseball field since the field was built. Um, we don't have lights on our baseball or our softball field. The only district in this area that I'm aware of that's our size that doesn't have lights would be River Road. They've got a lot nicer facility than we do, but obviously they don't have lights. We have a nice, really nice nine-inning scoreboard that was donated to the baseball program. Well, Title IX doesn't care if it was donated or not. We don't have a nice nine-inning scoreboard at the softball field. We have a really nice concession stand slash press box with the male and female restroom at the baseball field, but we don't have that at the softball field. So in a $50 million bond, and I know sports, and I'm a former coach, I understand wholeheartedly what a hot button sports in sports complexes can be from a financial standpoint. We're asking for $50 million for this project, but we're only designated one one-fiftieth of that bond one million dollars we we have done our homework we believe that we can replace the chain length on the baseball and softball field the netting on the backstop we can get a nice nine inning scoreboard for the softball program and we can put lights on the baseball and softball field for right at or under a million dollars so it is a hot topic. I don't believe any parent or any grandparent or any community member that has recently been to our baseball or softball field can't say that it's not time for an upgrade. 
anybody that would be frustrated with us using taxpayer money to upgrade those when they look at we're only spending one million out of the 50 million bond i think that's a reasonable ask so so let me get this straight you think that the girl sports ought to have equal access that the boys sports have they do yes absolutely or we need to get rid of both sports and i certainly am not a proponent of that well as a father of girls i can kind of identify that it that the girls need as as much or equal facilities as the guys absolutely. do. absolutely for so. sh- no doubt okay well jeff when this the, the bond issue when does early voting start Early voting starts April the 22nd and goes through May the 2nd, and then election day is May the 6th. Okay, and you vote where? You vote at the city hall, which are the city offices. I'm new to town, but where I pay my water bill is where we will go to vote. Okay, do they do mail-in voting for a school bond election? They they can do mail-in voting, I believe, but I, to be brutally honest with you, that's something that I'm going to have to ask our council. And, and Linda, my secretary in my office, handles that. So I certainly want to find that information out and report back to you before I give you inaccurate information. Okay, so if a person wants to vote, and um, and you're not allowed to say that you hope they vote yes, but it certainly would appear to me that it would be good for our community, if, uh, if a person wants to vote, they can vote early, and that way they don't have to worry about a crowd on voting day. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, they do that at the City Hall, starting when again? On April the 26th, and it'll be through May the 2nd. I'm telling you, I'm going to go vote on April the 26th, and uh, I hope my wife's not listening to this, but I have a tendency, if I don't do something while I'm thinking about it, it'll get lost. So I've I've got notes all over my calendar for April the 26th for me to go get this taken care of and be done with my selection. Sounds good. Well, uh, and the actual voting day, the day that this is decided, is what day? Saturday, May the 6th. Okay, and it's still at City Hall? Yes, sir. Okay, well, that seems like a lot of redundancy to ask that question, but, you know, sometimes it takes three or four times before somebody actually <laughs> hears it. But Saturday, May 6th is the is the date of the actual election, but you can have some input on this beforehand if you want to begin voting early. I think you've told us almost everything that we can can know uh, about this, uh, except uh, do you have another town hall meeting? Yes, sir. We, we called for three town hall meetings. The first one was at Frank Phillips. The second one was actually at the intermediate school. We, we scheduled Thursday, April the 20th for the third and final one, but we weren't really sure where we would like to have that. So we asked the voters and the pool that were giving us input, where would you suggest we can meet most people's needs? And it was requested that we have the third one on April the 20th at 7 o'clock in the new high school auditorium. We're going to make a presentation. We'll do the question and answers like we've done in the past. And then we're going to take anybody that's interested and we're going to walk over to the baseball and softball complex so that people can see the inadequacies of those facilities and make the best decision they feel like for themselves and for our students. Okay, so we've already seen the uh, the intermediate school and, and how terrific it is at the moment. So and then we're going to go see the baseball and softball complex and decide whether this is something that needs to be yes, sir. repaired and upgraded. Yes, sir. I think that's a smart way to do it. Jeff, this has been a, been a pleasant discussion today. I want to encourage everybody to go vote. Whether you vote yes or you vote no, we would encourage you to vote. Uh, it's very, very important for our community. Uh, and we just... 
encourage you to do that as soon as is possible to do it. Uh, this has been In the Know, part of the Dalhart Connection. Uh, be sure and go to kxit.com for any past episodes and community information. We'll see you again next week. Good afternoon, and thank you for calling G&G Transmix. This is Curtis. How can I help you? I was hoping to get some concrete supplies for a project I was wanting to start, but I wasn't sure if you could help. It's just a home project. Nothing like the giant projects I know you do for commercial buildings. Of course we can help. We love bringing big, small, and in-between dreams come to life. If you need five yards or 500, we would love to supply you with anything you need. We also have rebar, rebar chairs, wire mesh, and anything else you need for your concrete project. Perfect. I am so glad I called you today. Tell me about your dream, and I'll help you put together everything you need to make it happen. At G&G Transmix, they can help bring dreams of all sizes to life. Call them today at 244-4298, and they can get you any concrete or supplies you need. G&G Transmix is excited to keep you in the know about all Dalhart ISD news and updates.